Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Do you have enough saved for retirement? It's one of the most common questions we hear. How to figure out the answer and what to do to boost your retirement savings. That's what we're going to discuss on today's podcast. So we're talking about savings. We're having a little off mic conversation about things we're saving for. And we found out that Rochelle, you're saving up for a big bathroom addition in the house. What, what are we trying to accomplish here? I mean, I would just like two bathrooms in my house, one in the basement, one upstairs. And you told Lauren, who is um, by night kind of a bit of a contractor per se. Correct. He's correct. been working on a home renovation for, um, I don't know, about as long as I've known him. And I'm waiting for his YouTube channel to come out. Right. I, I think it's like a second career for him. Yeah. So you told him 12000 bucks. That's what the, just, just to get the plumbing done. And what was Lauren's reply? What did Lauren say he could do for you? I mean, I feel like Lauren said he could do all of it for oh, me. Oh, jeez. I heard. <laughs> I knew this was going to create problems. <laughs> Offering just a few little simple tidbits of feedback, and next thing you know, I'm doing some plumbing. I heard that he was breaking up the concrete. Uh, yep. I heard that he was also going to pour concrete, too. He I said did. how simple and cheap it is to break concrete and pour concrete. I mean, if you want to come over and do it, we can start your YouTube channel and we can show people how to do it. <laughs> I'll bring the sledgehammer. But once we break it up and then we pour it, then I'm done. Oh. You do not want me messing with the plumbing. Every simple plumbing project I do, at least three trips to Home Depot. Well, there are people okay. who actually go to trade school to learn how to do plumbing and they are professional they plumbers. Are. I would encourage that route. So Lauren has decided he will actually stick to retirement planning because that's what he is a professional at. And that's what we want to tackle today. I am the host of this thing, Molly Nelson, Rochelle Smith. She's the one who wants to add a bathroom and the producer of the podcast. And Lauren Murgle, he is a certified financial planner and a certified financial fiduciary. And when it comes to retirement savings, Lauren, you really kind of just get one opportunity. We were talking about things we were saving for, and I was really remembering times I should have saved. Well, we were married a year and we thought we deserved a one year anniversary. My husband and I, a big trip. We thought we deserved it. We didn't have the money for it, but we took it anyway. But the whole thing on credit, not a good financial decision. But retirement, you don't get a chance, you know, to go back and pay later. You need to save for that one shot at retirement. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, the most valuable resource that you have when it comes to retirement planning is time. Uh, now, with life, as you explained there, Molly, there is a balance, right? That's probably a trip that you will never forget, and you probably actually don't regret taking that trip. Not now. Because you had a lot of fun. It's it's memories that you were making, and it's also a learning experience, right? You knew that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, and I'm sure that you uh, learned from that experience, and then you got to create the memories as well. With retirement planning, there is a balance. You need to live, you need to have fun, you need to have experiences, you need to create memories, but you also need to save for this time down the road when you're not going to be working anymore. So you can also live when you don't want to work or maybe even can't work and you can still create memories, still have experiences and still continue this journey of life after the W-2 wages go away. So it is very much a balance, but we have to remember time is our most valuable asset and the sooner that we can start saving in a meaningful way for retirement, the better off you're going to be and the easier it is for you to accomplish those retirement goals. So the goal of our podcast today is to help you boost your retirement savings. We know a lot of people say, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work till the day I die. Well, for some people that that probably is realistic. For most people, they either want to retire or like Lauren alluded to, they have to retire for health concerns, take care of a spouse, of various things that happen in life that force retirement. Maybe they're forced out of their job. So 
If you feel like right now retirement is a far off concept, you're not alone, but there are some things you can do right now to boost your retirement savings. So Lauren, let's get right into it. First thing people need to do, especially if they're over 50, is look at maxing out contributions. Max out contributions and right now the the uh, IRS is giving us a boost. If you're 50 and older, you can increase your contributions. Uh, typically, you can contribute $19,500 to your 401k plan. Add another $6,500 on to that's about $26,000 that you can contribute to your 401k plan just because you're over the age or you're age 50 or older. So take advantage of that if you can. And if you can't contribute the full $26,000, contribute as much as you can and then increase it each year. If you do get a merit increase on your wages, take advantage of that. Uh, you may not need to, if, if you do, so let's say you get a 3% merit increase. <clears throat> you can't. Okay. I'm going to ask a question. What does merit increase mean? Oh, merit. That means you get a raise. Oh, that's, so you, I'm familiar with that term. So you Did a, you know what a merit increase was? <laughs> yes. That, oh, that, all right. That must be corporate speak, Mom. <laughs> I, I don't know much about that. <laughs> so you get but a, I'll take one, by so, the way, Lauren. So let's say, <laughs> uh, so let's say you get a 3% raise. <clears throat> and if you pocket 1% and you take the 2% difference and you put that towards your, towards your 401k plan savings, you're really not going to notice not having that extra 2% as a part of your lifestyle. You've already grown accustomed to your lifestyle. And you know, how many, how many more shoes do you really need to buy Molly? Oh, wait a second. Let's not have that discussion. <laughs> so take that 2% and put it away in your 401k plan. And then it's going to be there. It's going to be able to compound for the next 10 to 15 years while you're working. And really, even after you retire, it's not like you're going to take that money out. Plus the the earnings and spend it all at once. So you're going to have a, a opportunity for that money to compound for you from that time throughout the course of your retirement to work for you and use that uh, most beneficial asset that we have is time. So I opened up saying that was the most beneficial asset we have, but, but you're, you're listening to this and you're saying, I'm 55 years old. I don't have time on my side anymore. Well, you don't have as much time on your side anymore, but you still have a lot of time. Most people are thinking about a 20 to 30 year time in retirement alone. So if you're 55, you plan on retiring at 62, that's at least another seven years plus another 20 to 30 that you can allow this money to continue to work for you, but you have to get the money invested. There was a, there was a case study that we did. I think it was sometime last year where we, we looked at this 50 year old and this 50 year old had gone through a lot of things over the course of their lifetime. And they found themselves at 50 with very little retirement savings. I think they had less than a hundred thousand dollars of retirement savings. And by building out a, a customized specific plan for them, we could demonstrate how if they retired at 70, so they worked another 20 years, they were diligent and intentional about their savings. They worked for another 20 years. And at age 70, they had over a million dollars of retirement savings that now they could use to afford their lifestyle and not have to look back and, and wonder about, are they going to run out of money before they run out of time? They can do the things that they want to do in retirement with confidence and comfort. And it's all about being intentional and disciplined in their savings, even though they felt like they got a very late start. So if you've maxed out your contributions to your employer sponsored plan, if you're 55, is it too late to open up an IRA or something at that point? It's not too late to open up an IRA. In fact, if you're 55 and you don't have an IRA, it's probably something that you would want to do if you can afford to make contributions to it. As long as you have earned income, you can open up a Roth IRA, you can open up a tax deductible or non-deductible IRA and make contributions to it. Or let's say you're 65 and you're retired. 
and you don't have that earned income, so you can't make contributions to an IRA, but you can still open up, let's say, a Roth IRA and convert money over to the Roth IRA from your regular IRA or your 401k plan. So there is really no age limit on these types of things. It's all a matter of what kind of, what kind of investable resources have you already accumulated and what kind of income, if any, do you have coming in. So we're talking about the contributions. Typically, we're talking about right now, a pl- employee-sponsored plan like a 401k. So you've got this 401k, and let's say you've amassed a pretty good amount of money in it. Lauren, you said $300,000 could be one example. You want to do these catch-up contributions, or maybe you want to add a little bit more money each month because you've gotten that raise. Where do you put that money in the same uh, election you made previously? Do you do some new elections? How do you kind of work all this together? This is where the intention and the customization really comes into play because so many times with the 401k plan, and by the way, this is one of the benefits of a 401k plan is it is intended to be hands-off, meaning that you just have money coming out of your pay period or your paycheck every single pay period. There's nothing that you really need to do to think about it. There's these things called lifetime funds that kind of manages this money for you. The 401k plan design is so you don't have to think about it and you can accumulate money. But if you want to put a little thought into how you use your 401k plan, this is a strategy that you can use and it works really well in really any type of market condition. But right now with the market near all time highs, one strategy that you can use if you're on the doorsteps to retirement, you have this pot of money you've already accumulated and you want to protect. So Molly, going back to the 300,000, let's say you have $300,000 in your 401k plan. You're still contributing to this 401k plan every single pay period. So you can take that $300,000 that you don't want to lose, or you're not willing to take a lot of risk with because retirement is so close in the future. You can take it and invest it in a very conservative way underneath the 401k plan. So if this market blows up and it's down by 30%, your portfolio will probably be down. That 300,000 will probably be down, but it's not going to be down anywhere like the market. And then that way, when the market comes back up, it's not going to take a lot, a long time for that 300,000 to come back up and probably even be ahead of where it was before. So you've protected that nest egg for your retirement. That's just down the road. But for your new contributions going in, you can structure those with a more aggressive allocation. So when when we have this type of volatile market, the market is being wild. It's going up. It's going down, uh, sometimes by 1,000 points, sometimes by 500 points in either direction. You have your dollar cost averaging strategy where you're buying in every pay period a more aggressive allocation. So when the market does take the wild dips, you're buying a lot more of those uh, securities, you're buying a lot more uh, shares of those securities when it when it goes low. And then if the market blows up, you have a lot less money that's exposed to that aggressive allocation. And then that means it's not going to disrupt your retirement. If the market continues to go up, then that portion of your portfolio is more aggressively positioned and you're going to benefit more from that type of, or for that amount that is in that, that portfolio. And then as, as your money builds, as your contributions go in, and that portion of your portfolio builds, that portion that's more aggressive, then in times where the market is near the top or at a high, then you can shift some of that money over into this more conservative bucket, that 300000 and then that way you're not overexposing your portfolio to retirement that is so close down the road. Are these elections pretty obvious and easy to make within your 401k or 
or this is something your retirement planner would look at your options and say, this is that. Because you keep saying conservative bucket. I don't think inside the 401k I get to elect conservative bucket though, right? I have all these choices. Some 401k plans, they do have allocation choices that are labeled that with that uh, simplicity in mind. They do say conservative. They say moderate. They say aggressive. Most don't anymore, but some do. Uh, but yes, the, if you're working with an advisor, if you're working with a retirement planner, this is something that they should have their eyes on. And this is something, some, uh, this is the type of allocation they should be instructing you with based on your uh, specific goals and your specific resources. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. Here's the resources that you have. Take this 401k plan into consideration. Here's the balance that you have underneath of it, 300000 Here's the amount that you're contributing on a, uh, on a monthly basis. And here's the allocation that you should have with that. So with your retirement planner, with your advisor, it should be pretty simple for him or her to construct that type of allocation. If you're doing it yourself, it could be a little bit more difficult. And, and that's why part it, that's why in part, when you approach this retirement time frame, I think it's important to get somebody who knows what they're doing on your team. Because now most likely you've accumulated more money underneath your 401k plan, maybe your IRAs, this balance that you have accumulated over the last 30 years is much more significant in size. And it's much more significant to you because you're going to be dependent upon it in a much shorter amount of time than 20 years ago. So having somebody on their side, like Rochelle, hiring that plumber to, oh, to yeah. be on your side uh, is probably not a bad strategy. Now, you're just talking about a bathroom, and I'm not trying to minimize that. I just redid a couple bathrooms myself. It's an important project. But what these people who are listening are talking about, what you're talking about is your retirement. You're talking about the rest of your life and the means to make sure you can have the most fulfilling and rewarding rest of your life possible. We've only been chatting for about 15 minutes and Lauren already gave us a very specific strategy that can help you boost your retirement savings. Just think if you got 15 minutes to talk directly to a retirement planner about your 401k, maybe where your allocations are, how much you have saved up. Here's a great opportunity for you. It's a complimentary 15 minute retirement checkup call. Go to MerkelPlan.com, that's M-E-R-K-L-E, Plan.com right now, and you can get on the calendar of the retirement planners here at Merkel Retirement Planning and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call. Back to our discussion about boosting your retirement savings, and Lauren, one strategy is to revisit your tax plan. Revisit your tax plan, and you should revisit your tax plan every single year for multiple reasons. One is your situation, uh, your life can change every year, but also tax legislation changes every single year. We're probably going to see some tax legislative changes as early as 2022. So again, every single year you want to revisit what are some strategies you can implement this year? What are some strategies that you might be eyeing for next year? and put that within your current year tax plan so everybody understands who's involved in your situation. Your CPA, um, if you have an attorney working on your side, and your retirement planner, and yourself, everybody understands what is your tax plan and what are some of the specific strategies that you should be looking at to improve your spendable income. Because that's really what the tax plan is about, is how do, you, how do you own more of your money? The vast majority of people's retirement savings is in pre-tax money. So if you have $500,000 in your pre-tax account, 
not all of that $500,000 is yours. And what you have left to determine is how much of that do you get to keep? How much does Uncle Sam get to keep? And how much does the state that you reside in get to keep? And by applying specific tax planning techniques that are uh, customized to your situation, that's how you can increase how much of that $500,000 pre-tax account you get to keep. One of the strategies you can look at right now, talking about the 401k plan, is most 401k plans now offer the Roth 401k option, which means that the contributions you're putting into that Roth 401k, you do not get a tax deduction for it. It does not go in pre-tax, but it does grow tax-free, which means once that contribution goes on, on the Roth side of it, you will never have to pay taxes on the growth on that money ever. So when you take it out, it's going to come to you tax-free, and that's going to give you a lot more control over the amount of spendable income you're going to have in retirement, and it's also going to insulate yourself from tax increases. As these tax brackets increase, if most of your or all of your money is under the pre-tax side, it's all going to be impacted by those tax bracket increases. The Roth IRA money is not going to be, and then you can more affect what tax bracket you're in by using a combination withdrawal strategy. Let's talk about debt as you move to and through retirement. It's a good time to evaluate debt. And are there some things you can do to lessen your debt and help boost your retirement savings? We, we have the debt conversation on a very frequent basis. And whenever we're in an economic time like we're in right now with interest rates so low, uh, the frequency of these conversations increases immensely. So right now, what a lot of questions... Uh, a lot of the questions that are focused on their house, their mortgage. Uh, interest rates are somewhere around 3%, uh, south and north of that. Um, incre- interest rates are probably going to increase at some point down the road because they can't go much lower. And so do they refinance their mortgage? Do they pay it off? Do they take a lump sum out of a retirement account to pay it off? These are the questions and these are the conversations that we're talking about when it comes to debt. So a couple things with this. One is going into retirement with a mortgage is not necessarily a bad thing. So that's an old school thought where we have to be 100% debt free going into retirement. That's not necessarily the case. We have a lot of families who enter retirement with a mortgage. Now, obviously, the less debt that you have, that means the more discretional uh, spending opportunities you're going to have because you, you only have so many income sources, right? You have Social Security. You're only going to get so much from Social Security. You might have a pension. You're only going to get so much from pension. And then you have whatever you've saved, and you can only take out so much of that. So the less debt you have, the more of that income you're going to be able to spend on whatever you want to spend. But if you have a $2,000 a month mortgage that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't retire or you have to take a lump sum out of your retirement account to pay it off. So there's a couple things that you can consider. Uh, One is look at what interest rates you're paying on that mortgage. Does it make sense to refinance? If it makes sense to refinance, then we need to look at the, the, the loan maturity of what you have left versus what you would want to refinance to. A lot of people, when, when they go to refinance, let's say you have 17 years left on your loan, you go to refinance it and you refinance it to a 30-year mortgage. Well, at the end of the day, uh, yes, your interest rate might be lower, but you're going to pay a lot more in interest over the course of that loan. And there's other avenues that you can come up with to help cash flow that $2,000 a month mortgage so it's not going to hurt 
your day-to-day spending or your month-to-month spending. So we really have to look at this from a lot of the the different angles. Does refinancing make sense? If so, here's how you want to do it. Uh, If it doesn't make sense, then here's how we need to cash flow your mortgage throughout the course of your retirement. And then maybe maybe look at an advanced payment schedule where you're not taking... $200,000 out of a pre-tax IRA, paying taxes on it at an absurd rate, making that that payoff much more expensive. Maybe we're we're working into our tax plan where we have $15,000 this year that you could take out of a pre-tax account, pay only 12% federal tax on it. But instead of rolling that to a Roth, we apply that to your mortgage. And so instead of having 17 years left on your mortgage, maybe we can knock that down to, to six years or seven years and save a lot of money in interest and then save the headache of having that $2,000 a month mortgage payment for the, the, the first 17 years in, of your retirement. So if someone wants to boost their retirement savings, clearly there's some real specific strategies that they can employ, but one real simple thing might just be spend less. I mean, should people develop a budget, look at where they can trim the fat and start saving? Yes, and it's all over the board. I mean, one of them for some people could be to spend less, uh, for other people, it could be spend more. Uh, and that's the necessity of having a budget as you enter retirement. Not only have a budget, but also test drive it to make sure it works. Because most pre-retirees, at least for the last 7, 8, 9, 10 years, really have not stuck to a budget. The kids are gone. Um, their their debt is less. And so they make what they make, uh, and then they spend what they want to spend, and they put put the rest of it in savings. So going into retirement can be a little bit different for people uh, from a budgetary standpoint, but it is important as you transition into retirement, uh, you have a finite amount of resources. Now it's a matter of determining how long are those resources going to last? Because what you don't want to do is wake up when you're 78 years old and have your investable assets, your 401k plan, your IRAs gone or about gone. Uh, so having a budget, having an idea of what you can spend, what your retirement lifestyle is going to require to spend, and then working that out in the plan to say, this is how long it's going to last with a high level of confidence and to make sure that that's acceptable to you. And as we do that budgetary work and we build that into the income plan, we come up with a lot of different outcomes. One, is there a shortfall? If so, here's some action steps that you can take prior to retiring, prior to giving up your work and your W-2 income uh, to put yourself in a better position. Or two is you can actually spend more than what you planned on. You can actually spend more than what you think. Now, you may not want to spend more. So as an example, you think you can spend $5,000 a month. After we work the budget and the plan, you can actually spend $7,000 a month. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to retire and want to spend $7,000 a month. Maybe it does. Maybe maybe the first 10 years in retirement, you want to travel a lot. You want to do a lot of things that's going to cost more money. But regardless of whether you're going to need to or want to spend that much more, you have the confidence to know you can. And so if you're spending five, $6,000 a month, you know you can spend seven and still have a high probability of not running out of money, you feel really good about that spend and there's less guilt. And if there's less guilt, that means you can spend more time enjoying the money that you're spending and all of the things that it's providing to you from a lifestyle and experience standpoint. When you are looking at strategies to help people boost their retirement savings, do you look at the amount of money that they have in their actual savings account and sometimes say, there's just 
too much just sitting there. You, we can do more with this money. You mean their bank savings? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We look at it all. So we'll look at the IRA money. We'll look at the brokerage account money. We'll look at the savings account, the checking account. Is there too much? Is there too little? Is there a better way that we can be investing this money? Uh, and that's one, especially in an interest rate environment now, you know, in 2005, 2006, you could get six, 7% guaranteed in a liquid savings account. Uh, it wasn't as important as what it is now when the bank's giving you half a percent, a quarter of a percent. And there's other options out there where you can have this money working harder for you. So it's all a part of the planning process. Identify where the resources are. How are they working for you right now? What risks are present? What are the disadvantages? What are some of the other opportunities? And then to reorganize and realign to make sure that everything is working the hardest and safest and smartest for what it is you're trying to accomplish. And the last thing to consider if you want to boost your retirement savings, Lauren, is an HSA. The HSA is one of these uh, superheroes that we have targeted. In fact, we did a whole TV show on it. You can find it on our YouTube channel. Uh, because, and we, we spent this time and effort on the HSA because it is so powerful from a tax standpoint. We're looking at historically uh, low uh, historically low tax rate environment that's probably going to change as soon as next year. So how can we get the most out of the money that we save for retirement? Paying less in taxes is a great way to do that. With the HSA, it has the triple tax power benefits, meaning that the money that goes into it, you get a tax deduction and it grows tax-free, assuming you take it out and spend it on qualified medical expenses. So you don't have to pay taxes on the contribution, the growth or the distribution if you use it the right way. So if you have a high deductible health care plan that makes you eligible to contribute to the HSA, here's a couple ideas. One is that while you're working and if you can cash flow your medical expenses out of, out of your W-2 income or some other savings, you might want to consider not using distributions from your HSA. Allow that tax-free account to compound for you. Take advantage of that compound tax-free growth. And later on in, in retirement, when you no longer have your W-2 income, you will have most likely have the opportunities to take that money out, use it for medical expenses, and not have to pay any taxes on it and allow this time to work for you and allow that, uh, that growth to work for you on a tax-free basis. So reconsider how you're using your HSA. Uh, take advantage of the contribution limits to your HSA. Those do change every year. And you want to try to find a way to max those out as much as it makes sense within your overall budget because there's going to be a time. There's going to be a time in retirement. You don't have the, the great cash flow that you have coming in right now from the, the working years. And uh, this is another way that you can use or allocate this tax-free money uh, to take on some of these medical expenses that aren't the most fun to pay in retirement, but they have to be paid. And this is a great way to build the amount of money that you have available to you to pay for that, those expenses. If you have one of those high deductible healthcare plans, Lauren, do you automatically have an HSA option available through your employer? Do you need to go somewhere else to seek out an HSA? Yeah, that's a great question. Some employers do have the HSA available to you. Uh, they can just take it right out of your payroll, again, to make it very simple, like your 401k plan. Uh, but a lot of employers don't, especially the smaller employers. They don't offer you the HSA. They offer you the high deductible health care plan, but then you need to seek out the HSA from another uh, another 
business. Uh, so a lot of times people can go to their bank. Most banks have an HSA that is available to you. Uh, a lot of those banks, especially the smaller community banks, they don't have at-risk investment options, meaning that you can't invest your HSA contributions into mutual funds or ETFs or stocks. It's just their bank account. Uh, savings account or money market account. So that may not be the best option for you, uh, but there's some larger custodians out there you can easily find online uh, that will allow you to set up an HSA through them and invest in literally just about anything you want to. So if you like the idea of an HSA, you can learn more about it on our YouTube channel, the smirkleretirementplanning.com. The HSA, there's 30 minutes of great information on the HSA and boosting your retirement. We hope that this has been great information for you, but there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to retirement planning and your retirement vision. Here's an opportunity to speak directly with a retirement planner. It's MerkelPlan.com. Right there, you can schedule your complimentary 15-minute retirement checkup call. That's M-E-R-K-L-E plan.com. And we'll continue talking about your retirement on this podcast. It's retiring today. And we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. I couldn't think of anything I was saving for, but I can remember sometimes I probably should have saved. I can remember when my husband and I were first... (laughs) When you first should have (laughs) shaved. That didn't come out quite right. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. <laughs> Rewind. Shame. We, we, you were Sparky. Going. I was going somewhere. It was gonna. It was gonna transition from saving to retirement. I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs>